How we doing? Good. Today, what I want to do is we're, we, we've paused the Ten Commandments just for a bit, just for one week. And in this Ten Commandments series, the, the pause in which we're taking here is we just went through the, four, the first four commandments. And if you break down these first four commandments, you can see that all of these are really focusing on loving God. So when Jesus is encountered, um, and my favorite's in, in, in Mark 12, where, he, where he's encountered and they say, okay, what, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, um, well, first he says, you know, the Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He, he, he recites the Shema. Um, but he says to love God. And what's the other one? We say love people, but yeah, love your neighbor as yourself, absolutely. So love God and love people. If we break our ten command, the Ten Commandments down, you can see the first four focus on loving God, and the last six, yes, I can add four and six, I mean, it makes ten, um, that, that they are really focus on loving, loving people. So, I, you know, we're going to take a, a little bit of a break in between here, just to get our get our bearings about ourselves a little bit. I know that we've been going over a lot of, of stuff in the, the past few weeks, and I know that everybody's been reading the Ten Commandments over and over and over again, and you're, you've went through the book of Exodus like 14 times now, right? Um, and you're like, well, I want to go through Leviticus now. So the sacrificial law. I'm not holding you back. If you want to go, go. Um, but uh, what, what I want to do is I want to kind of shift gears just a little bit, and I want to I address this if God would just manifest, and everybody understands what manifest means, right? To, to, to show, to make visible his presence. If God would just manifest himself to me in my life, I'd do whatever I want. Because in the giving of the Ten Commandments, the time frame up until the, the, the point of giving of the, the Ten Commandments, God manifested himself to his people in ways that we're, we, were, we would be like, whoa, if he would just do that for me, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm selling my house. I'm going to Uganda or whatever. <coughs> but it's not that easy. And, and, and it is, as much as you say, if I could just see, there's still an obstacle that's in your way. So I, I don't have any title for today's message. I have like 14 different ones that I want to, that was, was thinking about. But the whole premise of, of, of today's focus is going to be, and, and we'll, we'll bring all this together, is faithful through the hard times. How are you faithful through the hard times? How are you faithful through the times in which God's speaking to you? How are you faithful to the times in which God's revealing himself to you? A wise man once said, and you guys might have heard this once, once or twice, that we're to be faithful in the smalls and trust God for the bigs, right? Very wise man said that. <laughs> Miss Stephanie's like, mm-hmm, check yourself. Come on now, preacher. Yes, you hear me say that all the time, faithful in the smalls and trust God for the bigs. Sometimes the bigs are right in front of us, and we're still not faithful. Turn with me to... Um, Exodus. We'll start in chapter, chapter 13. We're going to cover a lot of scripture today. We're probably not going to read all of it, um, but we're going to cover a lot. We're going we're gonna to see a whole bunch. Um, so I hope you got your, your thumbs ready. It, when you lick your finger to, uh, to, to turn, make sure you're not licking your neighbor's finger. That would be kind of gross. 
But what, what I want us to, to understand is when, we, when we're approaching this, and, and because he, he, here's what we get. We get this, this image and this, this, this picture of Moses up on top of Mount Sinai. We get this picture because the, 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 the mountain is covered with cloud, and he's meeting with God up on top of Mount Sinai. When, when we think of the Ten Commandments, that's, that's what we have a tendency to, to go to automatically. Well, it's not as if all of a sudden Moses, poof, appeared up on top of Mount Sinai, out in the middle of the desert in the Sinai Peninsula. It's not easy. Boom. He's already, he just once, all of a sudden, magically was there. There are things that took place. There's a lot of context to this story. One of the big things that we need to understand is when trying to pull a context, and it's important to understand the context, the background, what's going on here, because I really think that that takes the message in which the intended audience was supposed to get, and it just explodes it into our, our now-ness. Well, what I want us to all look at and understand and kind of start to digest a little bit is why the book of Exodus was written. We're not going to go into some deep, um, you know, Bible theology or anything here, but understand this. When the book of Exodus was written, it was written during the time of the Exodus out of Egypt. Why was the book of Exodus written? Glad you asked because I wrote it down. The book of Exodus is all about God redeeming and delivering his people so that he may provide and dwell among them as their God. So the whole book of Exodus, if you read this and you break this down, it's all about God redeeming and delivering his people. Redeeming and delivering his people from what, you may ask? Well, maybe you don't. From bondage, from slavery in Egypt. Well, we know that um, if you uh, turn pages back and you go into Genesis, we, we know that um, the, 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 uh, the, the Jewish people... Um, went down into Egypt, and there's a lot of how that all happened, but they, how, they went down into Egypt because of, of a famine, and, and in Egypt, they, they, they prospered well, uh, and then uh, something shifted, something changed. There was a, 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 a pharaoh that came on board that didn't really recognize uh, the, 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 uh, the history, you can say, of, of the nation of Israel, and he started to oppress them. And they were in bondage. The Bible tells us they were in bondage for over 400 years. But during this time, before, um, b- before the, uh, Joseph died, Joseph was the one that kind of was in charge of, of, of uh, you know, spearheading all this. God was. Joseph was the, the, the means by which God used. Joseph reminded the people of the promise in which God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hold your finger here in Exodus and turn over to just a couple pages back, well, maybe more than a couple, to Genesis chapter 50. This is important because there was a promise in which Joseph reminded the people of Israel that was going to take place. Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, and says, And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So, so this helps us with, with, with context here. So when Charleston Heston comes on scene and says, Let my people go, it's just not his. Moses, I know that's getting old, right? 
whatever. So when Moses comes on scene and says, let my people go, this isn't just an idea in which Moses had. This is a promise in which God gave hundreds of years before, a long time before. So when, when um, Moses comes and he does say, let my people go, and, and, and the Pharaoh says, I ain't going to do it, over and over and over and over and over again. The Bible tells us that Pharaoh's heart was hardened. After the sixth plague, it says that the, 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 the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, that God uh, hardened his heart. Well, we know that there's a few other plagues. There's four, four additional plagues. So there's 10 plagues altogether that, that, that took place. And these 10 plagues were to show um, the, 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 the nation of Egypt, to show the Pharaoh, Pharaoh who was God. Because you have to understand that, that, that Pharaoh thought he was God. So God says, no, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to deliver my people. And the way in which I'm going to deliver my people is I'm going to manifest my, myself in a way in which it's never done, been done before. Well, we know how it, it all culminates and, and um, it, it comes to uh, the, the end of the 10th plague, the, the, the death of the firstborn. And Pharaoh finally says, get out. And when, uh, Egypt, or when uh, Israel leaves Egypt... There are uh, quite a few uh, Jewish people by then. Uh, the estimates um, from what we, we know in Scripture, what, the evidence we've been given in Scripture, is probably about two, two and a half million Jewish people coming out of, of, of Egypt at this time. But I, I, I love how, um, I, I love how uh, uh, Moses writes about this in Exodus and, and remembering like why he's writing is to encourage this generation as they're going through um, the, the wilderness and as they're getting, going to enter into this promised land, he encourages them by reminding them of some things. Look at uh, verse 17, uh, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. And, and, and mind you, I'm covering a whole lot of, of stuff here in a short amount of time because I want to get somewhere with this. I promise. Verse 17 says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the, led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward this, the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph. This is where it ties that together with that promise there. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the, son, made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Sukkoth and encamped in Ethium on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord, and this is huge here, and the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Why, why do I want to start here? Well, I want to start with this, this huge exodus. They've been uh, freed from bondage. Remember, we, we've talked about how when we're in this uh, Ten Commandment series, this is not weight that is to be added to us. This is a freeing so we can live free. God has set us free to live free. This is being echoed here. This is the, the story starts with 
with the, the, the uh, uh, Jewish people, the Israelites being freed from bondage. And it's not just opening the doors and, okay, you can go where you want. It says that God went with them. God led them. He led them in the wilderness. And remember how we started this out saying, you know, if, if God would just manifest himself to me, if God would just show me and him, show himself to me or show me the, the way in which I need to go, that's the way I'll, I'll go. Well, we have a clear picture of here. This, this is exactly what God did. This is exactly how God treated his people here. So what we, we understand here is that it was by um, the, the, the cloud and by uh, the, the, the fire that God directed them. And it says it didn't depart from them, which is as important to, if you look ahead a, a, a little bit there in uh, chapter 14 of Exodus. Uh, primarily, we'll look at verse 10 uh, real quick. 10 through 31, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. But what we're, we're getting, what, what I want to get up to here is that, okay, God's leading them. He leads them up to a, a place where the, the, we've heard the, the, of the Red Sea. And we heard, we've heard of the crossing of the Red Sea. This is the, 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 the event. This is when it took place. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they cried, I'm sorry, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, it is because there are no graves, or is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you had taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone so we may serve the Egyptians? For it would, have been a, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So just think about this for a second. When they were marching out of, of Egypt, trumpets blowing and whatever, you know, they're all happy. Everything is honky-dory, Right? The pillar of uh, 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 the cloud is before them during the, the day, and the fire is before them by night, and they're, they're, they're marching, they're going, and woohoo, this is great. But then all of a sudden, they got a little bit of controversy ahead of them. They got an adversary that, 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 that's, that's creeping up on them. They got a situation on their hands, right? Look how they respond to that situation. They don't look to the pillar or, or, or look to the, 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 um, the pillar of fire, the, the cloud. They start grumbling. God has manifested himself to them. He's been leading them. And what do they do when they're faced with controversy or they're faced with a situation? What did you do to us, Moses? See, I told you we should have stayed there. Anybody who's married has heard that once or twice, right? I told you so, right? They're, they're grumbling to Moses. Well, we know if you, if you read on here, I, I love Moses' response to him. He says, and Moses said to the people, fear not. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And you have only to be silent. 
It goes on to say, it gives us the account of Moses putting his staff out, God telling Moses to put his staff out, and a great east wind comes and it splits the Red Sea, and the children of Israel walk over across the Red Sea on dry land. And then the Egyptians are stirred up inside themselves because God stirs them up to follow after them, and their chariots get stuck in the mud, and he closes the water on them, and he just totally, utterly destroys this army. God delivers them. People didn't do anything. It said that God went, and, and, and went before them and is fighting. He says, it says that the Lord will fight for you. The, God didn't just leave his people there to fend for themselves. God, w- w- he, he manifested himself to them. And then he, I, I'll say this, he came through on his promise. How many times do we get like burdened down? Like we'll say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I have faith, I, I, I'm trusting the Lord, I'm trusting the Lord, I'm trusting the Lord. And when the stuff hits the fan, you're like, the people in the, of Israel here, why am I here? I should have stayed over here. And, and, and that, that faith and that trust that we say is there, she goes out the window. And we start grumbling. God, why'd you do this to me? You know, if this was an isolated incident, this, it would be one thing. But if you turn over just not even a page to uh, chapter 15, verse 22. So after God delivered them from Egypt, after God has delivered them from the Egyptian army, after they've seen, the, 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 or they're still seeing the, the, the cloud and the fire, and they've seen God wipe out this, this army of the Egyptians, they get to a place and it says, Then Moses made Israel sit out from the Red Sea, and they went, to, went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water because it was bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, what shall we drink? There's a pattern here, right? We're picking up on this a little bit. And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. All right, again, so the people, God's manifested himself to the people. He's, he's uh, guiding them through the wilderness. They get to another situation. And we'll just call it situations for now. They get, they get to another situation where they have no water to drink. What is the first thing they do? They grumble. I, I know this is way detached from us because we never grumble about anything, right? That's right. Preach it, right? No, but they, they, they're, they're faced with the situation. And they just start grumbling about it. What does God do? God provides. Remember that this whole book is about God providing and dwelling with his people here. Turn over to um, chapter 16. In chapter 16, we, we, we see um, somewhat of the same thing going on. It says, They set out for Elam, and, on the, and all of the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. At least they brought Aaron into it this time, right? It's not all just against Moses. And the people of Israel said to them, What, what, what that we had died by the hand of the Lord in, in the land of Egypt? 
when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. What, what, what are they saying here? They're saying, we had food, we had shelter, we had all of this stuff. Yeah, we were in bondage, but we had all of this stuff. And you brought us out here, now we're going to die because we have no food. What are you trying to do to us? Remember, pillar, the cloud, the fire, the Red Sea, the deliverance, the water now that, that, that has been made sweet. Now they're saying, we ain't got no food to eat. Now it's really getting personal, right? What do we, what we see if you read on there, it talks about how God provides uh, meat in the evening and he provides bread in the morning. He provides for, for his, his people once again. I hope that we're not picking up on, well, if I just grumble to the Lord, he'll provide for me. That's not where we're going. That's, re- that's really, really not. Oh, I, I am making a point here. Look at ver- uh, chapter 17 now. In verse 1, it said, All the congregation of the people of Israel moved from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? I've, I've done that before. What shall I do with these people? Now, what shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff of which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Oreb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Again, another situation was, was presented to them, and they grumbled. So are we picking up on this pattern, right? When, when, when we say things like, God, if you would just manifest yourself, if you would just show yourself to me, I'll do whatever. How much more could God show himself to his people than what he was doing right here? Which brings us to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, uh, the mountain which Moses went up to, and when he went up on top of this mountain to meet with God, to get God's commandments, to bring down to his people, Moses was up on the mountain for a little bit. And while Moses was up on the mountain for a little bit, something happened. Turn to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32, it says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up! Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses character, 
That's a little bit of ad lib there. As for this Moses guy, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So, Moses has, has, has taken them from Egypt. God has used Moses as, as the, the, the guide. Although we had the fire and we had this, the, the cloud and God's doing all this. God's used Moses to lead his people to Mount Sinai. The people are at the, at the foot of, of, of the mountain. Moses goes up. He's up there for, for some time. He's up there for 40 days. During that time, they start to grumble again. Remember, what we're getting at here is God has manifested himself over a period of time to these people. And now they're saying, well, we're not too sure. You know, I've talked to quite a few people about this. And the general, and I'll say misconception, it's what it is. The general misconception about the exodus from uh, Egypt and Moses being on the, on the mountain speaking to the Lord, like there's a long time frame in between the Exodus and then the giving of the Ten Commandments, the, the, the rebellion of the people in making the, the, the golden calf. Well, it's September, right? Right now, September 10th. So uh, what were you doing four months ago? You could pretty much remember that, right? Four months ago. Think about this. If God manifested himself to you this summer in splitting the Red Sea, and, and not only to mention, you know, I, I said splitting the Red Sea and made water uh, sweet and bread from heaven and water from the rock. I, I didn't even mention that he delivered them from the hand of the Malachites. If God did all of this stuff, and fire, pillar of fire, pillar of cloud guiding you, did all this stuff in the last four months. Because that's what, what, what this time frame is. From the time in which they left Egypt to the time in which they made the golden calf, that's about four months that had taken place there. We're not talking like four years and like these little things were, were, were spaced out along the way. No, this is a pretty condensed time frame that God manifested himself to his people and they still sought after other gods. They still rebelled against them. Why do I say this? Well, I, I, I think that, that what we can do is, and I hope that, that we, we've seen um, a picture that, that, uh, that I was able to paint a picture for you here in the fact that these Israelites, these people of God, they're not much different than us at times. And the way in which they're not much different than us, I'll, I'll say this, Israelites could not see past their situation to focus on what God had promised and prepared for them. God promised them and he prepared a land for them. But they couldn't see past the immediate situation to what God had promised for them. I think that that's one of our biggest areas uh, 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 or our biggest obstacles in our own lives. We get so caught up in the right now. And I'm not saying that the right now doesn't matter. God has put you in the right now, right now, for a reason. 
But we can't get so focused on, what do they say? You can't get so focused on the trees that you miss the forest. We can't focus so much on the situation right now that we forget what God has ahead. He's promised and he has prepared for us. And, And that's what Israel did. Because it, we, we know that, that, that ye, hundreds of years before, God started it with, he promised Abraham that he was going to make him into a great nation. And he was going to give them a land. And not only that, 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 that there would be one, an offspring from him that was going to save the world. Speaking of Jesus. God manifested himself over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the people were like, eh, I'm not too sure about this. So why would we think any different if we say, you know, if God just would manifest himself to me, if he would just show himself to me, I'll do whatever. If God showed himself to you, then you're not walking by faith, you're walking by sight. And that's where we see that the, 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 the um, Israelites here, they were walking by sight. And when um, God was out of their sight, God was out of their mind. We, we, we can't focus on every situation. Like this, is, this determines, like the, the, it's, 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 it's as if the, the situation that we're in determines uh, our identity. Our situations do not determine our identity. God determines our identity. I, I, I love to, to, to think about this in, in the sense that for, for Moses to go up and for Moses to, 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 to meet with God, Moses saw past the situation. Moses knew what God had promised to his people. He went up on the mountain to commune with God. And as I was thinking about this this week, another story um, that that is given to us in Scripture really started ringing in my head. Because I asked the question, how do you you see past your situation to focus on what God has for you? And I think about what the Apostle Paul says in in Colossians chapter 3. And he tells us we need to rise above this. He says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Rise above what it is, that you're, the situation. doesn't mean ignore the situation. Rise above that. Maybe it's what we need to do is rise above the crowds. That's what Moses did. He rose above the crowds to meet with God. There was another man who rose above the crowds to meet with God. His name was Zacchaeus. Turn to Luke chapter 19. Well, we're starting to circle. We're starting to circle. We're going to bring the, the, the plane into land here pretty shortly. What I want you to hear, though, here is Zacchaeus was like, I don't want to say he was exactly like, he was like Moses in a way. Zacchaeus desired to see Jesus so much that he did whatever was necessary to, to accomplish it. Luke chapter 19, verse 1, it says that he, he being Jesus, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. A wee little man was he. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, 
He could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up the sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be guests of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What was the response of the crowd when Jesus went in to dine with Zacchaeus? Murmuring, grumbling. How familiar, right? I, I love thinking of, of this in that, that Zacchaeus rose above the crowd to see Jesus. Moses rose above the crowd to see Jesus. That doesn't mean that we elevate ourselves to a a position of, oh, I'm better than. No. Sometimes we need to rise above the situation to remember what God has for us and so we can commune with God. Because what what does the crowd normally do? The crowd normally just tells us what we want to hear. And it's usually just trying to uh, make, make you feel good. And it's all grumbles. There's no truth in that. Here we see Zacchaeus, much like Moses, he rose above. And I think that that's where we really need to focus in on and try to, um, try to apply things. You know, we're talking about the Ten Commandments, and we're going to continue on the Ten Commandments next week. We're talking about this and understanding that it's the commandments that set us free. Christ has set us free, but by living by the Ten Commandments, we can live free. And the way in which that's going to happen is understanding that these commandments that God has given to His people set His people apart from the crowds. These are the holy commandments. Holy means to set apart. God wants us to be set apart. Why does he want us to be set apart? Not so you can just be weird. And not so you can just say, oh, I'm better than so and so. No. God wants to set you apart so he could commune with you. So he can do like what he did with with, with Zacchaeus. He can go in and dine with you. When we see this, remember, this is not a burden. This is a a freeing from bondage. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. There are a lot of people around us that are lost. There are a lot of people that are now down in Florida and in, in Texas that are feeling lost. How does this all come together? We're called to be God's people. God has manifested himself. And no matter what situation is presented to us, God's still God. He's still in control. He's still got purpose. He's still got plan. 
Every single one of us that are sitting here right now, God has a plan and a purpose for you to do great things. But you have to see past the situations, see past the situations that are right here in front of your face that you're thinking, I can't get through this. No, you can. Just be still because remember, God's fighting for you. Let's pray. I'm going to have the elders come forward and we're going to uh, we're going to be taking communion as we've been. Nothing different. What I want us to do though is understand that like if if you're dealing with the situation, if, you, if, you, if you're one of those that feel like, okay, I've got this situation in front of me and I, I can't see past this situation and I can't see, I can't, I know that God's promised me, but I can't see those right now. Um, this is a time to, to, to have your shepherds, have your shepherds care for you. So don't, don't, don't think that, well, my, my problem's just too little or my problem's too big or whatever. No, it's, maybe you don't have a problem. Maybe that one of these dudes up here needs to pray for and God's just laying on your heart to come up and pray for Jake. We all know that Jake needs prayer. Don't look at, don't let obstacles present themselves to you like, I can't go pray and I can't pray for this and I can't do, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Grumble, 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 grumble. God's manifest himself to you. God's speaking to you. God's speaking to us all. So I'll shut up. We'll, we'll get up and we'll pray and we'll do all this kind of good stuff. We'll take communion um, and we'll continue in worship. Our Father God, we thank you. Uh, Lord, we do want to lift up our, uh, first, our, 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 our body to you. This body of believers, God, we want to be faithful to you. God, we want to take what it is that you've given us and be good stewards of that. God, we, we lift up our, our brothers and our sisters that are in um, the, the, the tragedy zones um, down in the south. God, that we, we, we ask that, that, that through this, that something good can come out. I don't know how that, that, that looks and what that is for the individuals, but something good can come out. God, then I pray for those who are lost. It says the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God, Use us as tools to seek the lost. God, let us not focus on our situation. Let us focus on your promise. Lord, as we're going to partake of the elements, God, as you have given us this as a a time of remembrance of your broken body and your shed blood, God, we ask that we can in a worthy manner, come before you and say, I want to remember what you're doing, what you've done, what you will do. God, I want to to look past my situation and look to the promise. Father, we thank you. God, we love you. Spirit, we ask you continue to stir in us. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen.